Amen. You ready for the word? All right, a couple people are. Well, as we say goodbye to Mission 316, we are now getting into another sermon series called Follow the Cloud. And this is one of the messages in a greater movement in my heart that the guy that God the Lord's been leading me on, a journey that He's been leading me on. Um, with this concept of next steps, uh, we are going to be a church and we are going to be a people all about next steps. So, and I believe that's how God leads you and me. He leads His people on this mission through life, journey through life, if you will, showing us the very next step in our journey. Doesn't often show us way down the line. He sometimes gives us a vision for that. But very often, God gives us just the very next step. And so everything that we are, we are about as Christians, as believers, and as a church family is really about what's, what's our next step? Where's God leading us? What is, he, what is He prompting us toward? What's He preparing us for? And I believe that everything that we do in this place and everything we do as believers is about next steps. What's the next step? What's God leading us into? What's He's preparing us for? And in a lot of ways, to take the next step with, with God, we look back at what He's already done to look forward to the next step because we can rely on what He's done to provide for us in the future, right? So this idea of following the cloud, and, and many of you Bible school and, and Old Testament and, and, and church folk will realize that following the cloud... It references back to the time where God's people were being led by God and He came to them as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And we'll go through some of that. So as you might know, you might have guessed, we'll be in the book of Exodus this morning. As one of my favorite preachers called Exodus. I love that. Exodus. We'll be in the book of Exodus this morning. Uh, right around chapter 3, about verse 7, verse 8, and following. So if you get your Bibles ready, get your apps ready, whatever you need to get to. I love those paper Bibles. I hear some pages turning. Exodus chapter 3. After 400 years of Egyptian slavery, God looks down on His people, and, and it says there, He sees their misery, and He hears their cry, and He is concerned of their suffering. So we'll start... Chapter 3, verse 7. It'll be on the screen if you need it. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people, and I've heard them crying out, and I'm concerned about their suffering. In verse 8, So I've come down to rescue them, and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land. Excuse me. And you all know, The land flowing with milk and honey. But he says, I am concerned. I see their misery. I hear their cries. And he's concerned of their suffering. So he comes. Why? Why does God come? Why does He come? Because, church, God, the heart of God is always drawn to the cries of man. And He comes to bring them out of slavery and into the fullness of the freedom of his kingdom. And so he raises up a man named Moses. And he raises Moses up to be a, a deliverer. He's a, a shepherd, a mediator for the people. And Moses, if you remember the story, goes and confronts Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And he really a picture of the kingdom, of, a picture of the king of darkness. And through some of the most significant re- miracles that have ever taken place on earth, In a matter of a few short days, Egypt is completely destroyed and the people are completely set free. You've got more than a million slaves that have now just been turned loose. But now, what do you do? How how do you lead a million people who used to be slaves into a life of freedom? I mean, these are, these are broken people. If you remember, there, there's a big difference, church, between being set free and actually living free. They were set free in a moment. But let's be honest, they were far from living free. 
They had this broken thinking and they had broken perspectives. They had broken hearts and broken relationships. They had a broken worldview. They had been set free, but they hadn't been shown how to live free yet. So what do you do? God chose to give them a cloud to follow. God chose to give them a cloud. Flip over to Exodus 13. Verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. So that they could travel by day or by night. Now neither the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So picture it this morning. A million people set free. And here's this giant cloud in the sky, the presence of God. By day it's a cloud to guide them, to cover them, and to surround them. By night it's a pillar of fire to warm them, to give light, and to protect It wasn't just a fire or a cloud. It was literally, thank you, it was literally the presence of God. His love physically on display for them to see. Now God knew they were going to need grace. God knew they were going to need something to see. He he knew He was going to have to teach them how to live free to get from where they were to where He wanted them to go. He was leading them somewhere. And so He gave them Himself, His presence. And He gave them a promise. And He gave them their next step. One next step at a time, He led them along the way. And the thing we've got to catch here is that it was never about getting somewhere, Right? It was never about getting somewhere. It was always about enjoying someone. Amen? It was never about getting somewhere. God would give them their next step, but He was trying to teach them. It's not about a place or a destination. It's about enjoying the presence of God every moment. It wasn't about getting into a land It was about learning who they were, who God was, and what God created them to be and to do. It was this sense of journey and discovery and life and finding this freedom and ability to live free. They had been set free, but they weren't living free. They didn't have how to live as free people. And so God said, just follow me from within this mighty cloud. He speaks, follow me. One step at a time. I'll lead you one moment at a time, one day at a time, one step at a time. When I move, you move. When I stop, you stop. Where I go, you go. God said, keep your eyes on me and I will lead you to discover who you are and who I am. And what you were created to do. And yet, they struggled with it. Because most of the journey was about revealing and exposing the brokenness within themselves. You know, they get to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden they panic and they're freaking out because they question the goodness of God in their life, you know. Then they get to the other side, and just a few days after the journey, they get get this bitter water, and it says they panic and they freak out and they grumble. Why? Because it's revealing the bitterness that is actually in their heart. It's actually still who they are. Then they grumble against Moses. You remember the story. They grumble against their leader, Moses, and against God because there's no food. Right? And they get hungry. They get hangry. And so he brings manna from heaven because they didn't believe that he would provide for them. And then they want fresh water. I mean, all the grumbling that's going on. God provided himself in a cloud. And they still grumbled. I want fresh water. And they, so God brings water from a rock. And then God invites them into His presence on Mount Sinai, right? But they withdraw because they didn't quite get His concept of grace. 
And, and catch this, church, and, and, and write this down. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. If you're not much of a note taker, you probably want to write this down. There was this constant sense of exposing and revealing so that God could heal and restore. I'll say it again. There was a constant sense of exposing and revealing so that He could heal and restore. And the same is true with us. God has seen your misery. And He is concerned with your suffering. Remember the scripture in Exodus we just read. He sees the misery of your life, the anxiety, the depression, the worry, the fear. He hears your cries over pain and loneliness and brokenness and lostness. And He is concerned of your suffering. He's concerned of your suffering, just as He was His people, the Israelites. He's concerned of your suffering in that marriage or in that job or in that situation or in that circumstance. So He has come. Because the heart of God is drawn toward the cries of men. And He has come not just to set you free, but to help you and I live free. So he sent Jesus, the ultimate deliverer, the ultimate shepherd, the ultimate mediator between God and men. He has set you free. The kingdom of darkness this morning, church, has been destroyed. And now he wants to lead you on a journey of the heart to discover who you are and who God is. It's the same. It's the same as he provided that cloud. And it's not for us about getting somewhere and becoming someone. It's about enjoying someone and being all that He's created us to be. It's the same. And while the Israelites followed an actual cloud, can you imagine? And the disciples were there and they followed a physical Jesus on planet earth. We now have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We now have the Holy Spirit. You tracking with me, church? Track with me a little further. Galatians chapter 5. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If the Spirit of God, that is the cloud, let's say, right? That's what's guiding us day by day. The Spirit of God, He is not beyond us or above us or away from us. He is right here with us. By grace and love and giving us a promise this morning. Abundant life, His presence, the Holy Spirit. He says, I have this promise. I have a presence, my presence. And I'm giving you a next step. The same thing He gave the Israelites. And every step, one after another after another, leads us into everything that God has for us. A journey that is designed to expose and reveal you and I so that He can heal and restore. Get that concept. He's going to expose and reveal some things so that He can heal and restore. Don't be afraid when God exposes something in your life. A lot of times we need things to be exposed so that God can heal and restore. Because let's be honest, the the past two years, really the past two years, if you look at it, were the greatest invitation to follow the cloud in your life that you've ever had. See if you can catch that for a second, church. Two years ago, just like that, everything changed. And we had a choice. Listen to God's voice. Take next steps, trust Him, keep our eyes fixated on Him, follow the cloud? Or are we going to be like the Israelites and grumble and gossip and complain and rebel against leaders in our life like they did? And we always desire to go back to Egypt instead of following what God has for us. The last two years was the greatest follow-the-cloud invitation that you've ever had. 
And so this is my point. The last two years was the greatest season of unknown you've ever had in your life. Probably. See, when you study this, you know, the number one thing that you see for the Israelites, now the cloud was God's presence, right? A constant reminder of God's love and care for them. The number one thing that the Israelites were doing was that they grumbled against the leaders in their life. You can go back and read it. So I would just submit to you that if over this last season, if you've grumbled against your boss, a coach, a teacher, the government, the police, the spiritual leaders in your life, your parents, whoever it was, if you've been grumbling at the leaders that God has appointed for your life, your heart was not following the cloud. Your focus was in the wrong place. It's in the wrong place. God has provided for us His guidance, His leadership. Don't lose focus. Follow the cloud. God promises that from the beginning He has made you And, and Israel had, had known those promises for their whole lives. And yet God, God gave them Himself to follow. He gives us Himself. But God gave them Himself. Follow me. Here's the cloud. All right? And they get their focus on other things. And now they start to want to go back to what was. Because they're not focused on Him, they're focusing on their surroundings, and they think it's too difficult, too challenging, too, str- too much of a struggle, so let's go back and, and let's go back to what was. Maybe even today, if you would, church, maybe today it's time to follow the cloud again. Because the truth is, the security of slavery is often more appealing to us than the unknown of freedom. That's why they wanted to go back. It was, it was too much. It was too challenging. It was too hard. It was, the security of slavery is more often more appealing than the unknown of freedom. Like sometimes we'd rather go back to the bondage that was because it's comfortable, because it's controllable. We know what to expect. As opposed to actually trusting God and moving into spaces that we've never been before. That's why I think, we've, that's why I think we hear the language even today that we all want to, let's go back to the way it was. Soon it will be back to the way it was. Do you really honestly think, looking at me this morning, church, that life is ever going to go back to the way it was? It's not going to go back to the way it was. My prayer is that we learn how to follow God and we learn what He has taught us in this season, and it'll be better than it whatever has been ever throughout history. Because we didn't go back. We didn't grumble. We didn't complain like the Israelites. We look at the cloud and we say, God, where are you taking us? Well, you sure have taught us a lot about patience in this last year, this last two years. God, you sure have taught us a lot about uh, how to rely on you and not people in these last couple years. That's my prayer. But so often we want to go back, we want to go back, we grumble, we, go bo- we gossip, we complain. Should we do it again? We want to go back, we grumble, we gossip, we complain, we do it again. We want to go back. That would be a good song. Somebody, No, that would be a terrible song. Catch what I'm saying. Sure, sure so, so, they're, so they're just, is it possible? Remember this, 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 this idea of exposing and revealing so that he can restore and heal? Remember that idea. Is it possible that there just could have been more bondage in your life before the pandemic started than you were even aware of? And maybe this has revealed some things? Could God have actually used the last two years to expose and reveal real bondage that was normative in your life that you weren't even aware of? Is there something that He was trying to set you free from? That, you know, these last two years, God had to rip the band-aid off and say, see, I told you it was there. And you had to deal with some things. Maybe you had such anxiety, but it was all kind of kept in control. It was all kind of kept at bay. And then the world changed and your anxiety level went, whoop, 
through the roof. Your head exploded, there comes your anxiety. Could it be that God is trying to expose and reveal some things in your life so that he can heal and restore them? And he can set you free from them. You can be set free at a moment, but you have to follow God to live free. Could it be that God is trying to bring you into a new place, a new relationship with him, a new space, a new opportunity? Because we trust Jesus to set us free. Right? By golly. (laughs) We trust Jesus to set us free. But there's so often times that we don't trust Him to help us to live free. We trust Him to set us free, but we hold back and trust in so many other things. Remember the song, right? If you've grown up in, in Sunday school or VBS, get us back to our scripture here. Uh, set me free from Egypt, right? We're in this slavery, in this bondage. Set me free. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Somebody said, oh, baby. Somebody say the rest. Say it together. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Let my people go. (laughs) Okay, we're good. We're good. We're not going to do the whole thing. We're not going to do the whole thing right now. We're going to close with that, though. So, Krista, if you would come up. No. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Yes, I want to go, but I don't want to cross that sea. I don't want to trust you for manna from heaven. Let's, let's go work for it. Or let's sign up for assistance and get it from where we know it can come from. Rather than have the faith that God would provide. Uh-oh. Pull your feet in. I'm not going to trust you, God, for water from a rock. I mean, come on, right? But it's the idea of expose and reveal things so that He can heal and restore. And as you look back over these last two years, I'll bet you there's more stuff in your life and the people that you love that was exposed and revealed that God wants to heal and restore in your life. I mean, let me ask you a real honest question this morning. And it's just rhetorical. You don't have to raise your hands or answer me. How do you live your life on a daily basis? How do you live your life? How do you make your decisions? How do you decide what to do, where to go? Like, do you just do what other people are doing? Do you look at them and think, that thing seems like a good idea? Do you chase the crowd? Do you listen to the news? Do you do what feels good to you? What you, know, what, how, what you want? How do you make these decisions? What's best for you right now? Do you do what you want? Or do you do what God tells you to do? Like, Parents, how do you make decisions about what your kids should be a part of? You know, good stuff or not. How do you decide, students, what activities or commitments you're going to be a part of? Single people, how do you decide who you're going to date and why? How do you decide generally as a church, you know, what purchases you think you should make, what house to have, where to move, what job to take or not take, what opportunities to step into, what opportunities to stay away from. Like, how do you actually decide what to do? When was the last time you asked God what you should do? And did you do it? Did you do what God has asked you to do? See, He gives you these invitations to live free. And it's just by taking these next steps. Because God's not trying to take something away from you. He's actually trying to help the broken thinking, broken relationships, your broken heart, broken perspectives. Just as the Israelites had for being slaves in bondage for so, so, so long. And God exposes and reveals these things so that you can be healed and restored. See, if you catch this church, I love this. The book of Deuteronomy, I love that word, Deuteronomy, basically is Moses telling the Israelites, this is what's happened over the last 40 years, and then redeclaring all the things that God told them in the Exodus. Exodus. And so after the journey, he's sort of telling them, this is kind of what happened. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 29, he says this, he says, Do not be terrified, not be afraid of them. This is the first time when they're supposed to take the land. He says this in verse 30. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you. 
I mean, they needed these words again. The Lord will fight for you. As he did for you in Egypt, right before your very eyes. Love these words. And in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. In spite of that. Remember, the Lord your God, He went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way that you should go. See, if you catch this, the Lord goes before you. He is searching out places for you to camp. And He's looking for the way that you should go. When's the last time you stopped and thought, hey, God's going before me in this. I met a guy in a stairwell actually last week uh, while I was at work. I met a guy in a stairwell. He was a painter. His name was Jordan. And he was painting the stairwell on this job. And we both realized, and he, he was radically saved just a few years ago, is now uh, studying for the ministry, has a couple of years to go to order ordination. But it's something who God puts in your path during the day, isn't it? And so I had this conversation with this gentleman. I heard him whistling one day. He had his, head, his earbuds in as he was painting. And uh, he was whistling graves into gardens. And he's whistling. And I popped my head around the corner. I went, and there's nothing. You know, and he's just, hey. So we started this conversation. And we both really, the, really the, the whole conversation culminated in both of us realizing that God had gone before us in His prevenient grace and prepared a place for us that He was leading us into. He's going before me, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Maker of all things, Creator, Sustainer, Redeemer God, the God of all wisdom and power and supernatural and grace and abundance and love and life and light. He's actually going before me and you. He's going to try to figure out the best way He knows the best way. And He's going to try and reveal that to you. He's going to try to find that person for you, single people. He's going to to find and prepare the job that He has in store for you. He's He's already in advance going to look for the right situation and circumstance so that you can experience the wisdom and revelation and life and hope and healing... He's looking for a place for you to camp. Where do you camp? Where do you camp, right? Where do you where do you think about camp when you go to camp, when you go camping, right? Where do you where are you gonna find a place that's that's restful and peaceful? I mean, that's why we go away, right? That's why we go to camp. He's looking for a place for you to camp and to show you the way. You should go. Now this happened, you know, the cloud already happened. And now, now, now he's looking and to go reminding the Israelites, I go before you to prepare this place. And I'll show you where you should camp. And I know many, many people, whether you're here this morning or you're joining us online, or you've been, you've been trying to make a decision on where to camp. Where does God want me? And he's exposed and revealed some things in these last two years or these last couple months or maybe even as you're joining us this morning. He's exposing and revealing so they can heal and restore. Wherever you're going with God is better than where you've been. But following the cloud expands your life. So the reason many of us live in these small, little, one-vision, microscopic outlook of life is because we want to have that little life that we control. We hold on, right? No, 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 no. I can't surrender all to God. I can't just rely on Him. I, I, I got to control this thing here. I got I to control. I got to hold on to this thing. What would happen if you just followed the cloud? God wants to expand your life by having you follow Him. Not just this little, "Mm -mm, this is what I can control right here. 
The Bible says that the Lord tells us, Call to me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The Bible also says that no eye has seen nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love Him. God says that God will do immeasurably more than we could even ask or imagine. It says that we are God's workmanship and God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared in advance for us to do. You believe that this morning, church? That He has gone ahead of you? That no one in this room is here by accident this morning? No one is watching online just by happenstance? That God wants to reveal and expose some things to you this morning so that He can heal and restore and show you where to camp. He is showing you the way. And the reason we stop following the cloud is because we stop believing that stuff. We stop remembering His promise. I mean, let's just be real clear this morning, church. If you really believed that God was taking you to better places and wanting you to expand your life by following Him, then you would do whatever He asks you to do. The problem is, for a lot of us, we stop believing that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe I'm not preaching anybody in here this morning. Maybe it's the people online. But maybe the past two years, for some of you, is when you stopped Believing God's promise. Because it's been hard, I know. And there have been deserts and wilderness and battles and all kinds of things. And I hear you. I live in this world too. We've all had to. I've had to wrestle through some of that stuff in my own life. But we've got to remember that God, He is before us. Searching and looking for the way to go for us till the proper time to reveal it to us. Looking to reveal and restore and showing us where to camp. Yet in spite of this, the Israelites didn't trust Him. He says, listen to me. Your behaviors reveal your beliefs. You say you can trust God. You say you follow God. You can say you walk with God. And you can say you love God all day long. And that's great. But what your behaviors really reveal what you actually believe. Because you do what you believe. The Israelites did. They, they forgot about His promises. Not too many years later. Right after the Red Sea. They forgot. You do what you believe. So even right now, your behaviors tell you what you actually believe and who you actually trust. Are you doing your way, your thing, your ideas, your plans? Or are you actually walking with God? See, following the cloud is all about one simple word. Trust. Trust. Do you trust Him? And you could have a thousand reasons, because the Israelites sure did. You could have a thousand reasons why you don't. Well, Pastor, you know these past couple years, I mean, good night. Pastor, this past week, you don't know what I've been through. God, Pastor, you don't know. Do you know the loss? Do you know the difficulty? Do you know the struggle? Do you know? Trust. Proverbs 3. Very familiar. Verse 5. Here's our word. Trust in the Lord. You follow whoever you trust. Whoever you trust is who you will follow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. You trust, you'll follow whoever you trust. So if I follow myself, I trust myself more than I trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord, not your opinions, not your perspectives, not your ideas. 
Don't trust in the world, trust in the news, trust in what's happening around you even. Lean not on your own understanding, which is hard for a lot of us. Look, I know a lot of you. You're smart, intelligent, forward-thinking people. I get that. You have a certain amount of understanding in your life. I know. But the Scripture says to trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Even if it doesn't make sense. Any, anybody like me, some things just have to make sense in order for me to do it. Right? You kind of look at it and you say, well... Well, that makes sense, so I'll do it. Well, A leads to B, so B leads to C, so obviously let's do D. But don't trust and lean on your own understanding, even if it doesn't make sense, if it's not comfortable, if it's not convenient, even if you don't get it, even if you can't see the end from the beginning. (coughs) Excuse me, it says, In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Would you agree that God has ways and His ways are higher than our ways? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts? And the way that we acknowledge Him in our ways is we say, God, I don't want my way, but I want Your way. I'm going to take Your way, Lord, in my finances. Your way in my family. Your way in how I do my job. Your way in how I do relationships. And, 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 And honestly, sometimes we don't like that way. We don't like the way God is going to plan it out for us, right? God says, do it this way. What? What doesn't make sense? I mean, God, this is the way that makes sense for my life right now. You know what I've been through. God, you know the hurt I've been through. You know all this stuff I've been through. God says, do it this way. Yeah, but but God, we don't you know, Lord, that That's not really convenient for me right now. In my current situation, God, I know that, God, you said do it this way. But, God, do you know that what I would have to give up to do it that way? Do you know, God, what I would have to, how I would have to change to do it that way? Maybe God has you here this morning to reveal some things so that He can restore your life. Back to Him. I don't like doing it God's way at all, some people would say. But you know what? I'm One word, trust. Can you trust the God of the universe with your life? Because God promises He will make your path straight. In other words, you don't just set me free, God. You want to help me to live free. You make my paths straight. Right? Paths. You think paths. It's ways to get places. It's paths. He will make your paths straight. He'll help you to live free. And so I think our trust with the Lord has gotten somewhat broken over this past two years, over this past season of our life. And I think the Lord wants to restore that trust to so many of you. And it starts just by looking back at who He is and what He's already done. That gives me the confidence to follow Him into the future. To take the next step with God. Are you with me with on this church? He's calling you to something greater. So if you do it His way, it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better for you. Remember a guy in the scripture named Peter? Anybody know Peter? Anybody's favorite Peter? Anybody relate to who Peter is? Anybody act before they think sometimes? Anybody be a little rash sometimes? Anybody be a little abrasive sometimes? I'm raising my hand. Anybody being a little like Peter? Good heart, but sometimes the tongue gets best. I mean, come on. One day, Jesus comes to Peter, a struggling, wrestling, brash fisherman. He strives, he performs, he earns, he tries, he knows what it's like to get work done by the strength of his hands and his mind, and he's, 
He's the guy that can figure out how to th- do things. And he's the guy that, that kind of makes things happen. And one day, Jesus shows up in his life. And Jesus, if you would go back to the Old Testament, Jesus shows up as a guide to his life. Jesus shows up as the cloud in Peter's life. And he says, what does he say? Follow me. He says, follow me, and I will what? Make you... Stop there. We follow. He makes. All right? And His ability to make is so much better than our willingness to follow sometimes. But Peter had a choice to make. Am I willing to let go of everything that I have in this life? Am I willing to give up doing it my way and follow God to a place that I have no idea where He's taking me? Peter had to wrestle through that Because the more clearly you see Jesus, the more clearly you see everything else. And so I think that's so much our story. We strive, we struggle, we perform, we earn, we do this our way. Look at what we've done. And we hold on to all this stuff. And we hold on to our way because of circumstances that have happened in our life and this pastor this is just the way it has to be it has to be this way pastor is it God's way if it's not God's way he has something better for you when you step into his way you're not giving up anything in fact you're living in slavery and he wants you to live free And you know if you're not doing things God's way, doesn't He have a way of reminding you? Lots of... mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're not doing things God's way, He has a way of reminding you. And that, my friends, is bondage. If you're not doing it His way, you have that constant gnawing at you. Remember, it's not my way. I know God, but, the, but don't, you, you know the circumstances. God says, you know what? I set you free. Why don't you go live free? Peter, he tries, he says, look at all I've done. This is, what, this is my life. Peter was, probably had a wife. He had things going on in his life. He had to establish certain things. His fishing business, and this is the way it is. And don't you know I can't change this? Do you know everything that would happen if I changed all this? And Jesus said two words. Follow me. And I will make. For Peter, it was you fishers of men. What's he saying to you? Follow me and I will make you. I don't know what that is for you. It's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But we try to do all this and hold on. And Jesus comes and invites us to follow Him, to make us. Notice, not to take us somewhere. It's not a destination. It's a journey of the heart. It's a process, a transformation. It's a revealing so that He can restore. Randy, would you come? As we close this morning, this idea of following the this idea of not being afraid to leave your situation and step into God's best for your life. It's, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to have fear, doubt, trepidation, none of it. Because God said He goes before you. And He'll prepare the camp. He'll show you where to go. He'll show you your next step. That's why we're stepping out on faith as a church. Because I believe that God has revealed a few next steps for us. 
the small groups groups that, that are going to be getting together, the small groups that are going to be getting together throughout the, the next couple of weeks and months. Do these are next steps that God is guiding us toward, pointing us toward. What's your next step? What's your next step not only as a as a as a as a Christian, but as a follower? When Jesus said, Come follow me, he provides for you the next step. He's gone before you, he's prepared a place, and just because you've set this this way, this is much better when you step into what God has for you. This is slavery and bondage. This is what God has. You've been set free. Now live free. God, help us to be a church that doesn't shrink back because of circumstances or or things that look a certain way to certain people. But God, help us to follow the cloud. Help us to follow you, God, in your leading, your direction. What do you have for us? We will not be a church that, that stands back afraid, but we will continue to advance the kingdom because that's what God told us to do. Following the cloud that still guides, still guides our very next step. God's word says that thy word is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. Remember we told, we read the scripture about God making our paths straight and not trusting our own understanding but leaning on Him. And He will make our paths straight. This idea of paths, this idea of following and stepping out on faith. And, he, and, he, and I've told you this before, that God shows us a path. There are going to be paths. But the lamp itself only shows us our next step. So, would you stand this morning as we close? You bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. I don't know who I was preaching to this morning. I pray that it was somebody. And I pray that it was somebody that needed to hear that God goes before you and He's setting up a place for you to camp. And he wants to set, he set you free so that you can live free this morning. Don't be afraid of the way you've done it and it's always been this way so I can't get out. You can get out. If God has something for you and it's clear, then you've got to step forward into that, whatever he has for you. If God set it a certain way and set things in motion a certain way and He says, this is how I would have you to do it and you're doing it a different way, your own way, you needn't be afraid of stepping out of that way because God wants to set you free. Never before have I realized what freedom really means. God may have had to reveal some things. And maybe it hasn't been over time. Maybe it was just in the words you heard this morning. (laughs) Maybe He's already revealed and exposed some things so that He can heal and restore some things. You wonder why your life is sort of spinning. The wheels are spinning and you're not getting anywhere. You think, boy, I just feel stuck. Could it be that God has revealed you've been doing things your own way and not surrendering to His way because you're not living free? It's actually bondage. You're in slavery. So as we bow and as we close our eyes this morning so we're not distracted by anything or anyone around us in this sacred moment, I wonder if you'd pray along with me. Father, we understand this morning God, that you do go before us. And we're thankful, Lord, for your word and so many examples throughout Scripture of groups of people and individuals even that have established a certain lifestyle and a certain way of living that seemed right to them. 
but that God, you exposed and revealed some things to them and you asked them to follow you so that you could actually heal and restore their lives. God, help us as a church, as as Jesus followers gathered together as a family this morning. Help us, God, to realize, Lord, that your ways are way better than our ways. And if we're stuck and stubborn and living in our own way, God, we are actually living as slaves to ourselves. We're actually living in bondage because we know, Lord, that you're calling us to another way, a better way. And yet, we still stay stuck and deal with the bondage and the guilt. And we carry that around voluntarily. And if it were someone else, Lord, carrying that around, we would be so quick to tell them, you don't have to carry that around. But God, we need to follow you and your leading and your guidance and walk in your ways. Your ways are higher than our ways. You've actually gone before and prepared a way for us. You'll make our paths straight. Our lives can be free. Our lives can be restored and healed. We don't have to carry it around or live in that slavery or bondage. We can live free. God, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that has come, and Lord, we know that no one's here by accident this morning, that somehow you've intersected time and space and gotten us all in this place in history, in this room and online this morning, hearing these words from your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that if anyone would receive this word from you this morning, that you would reveal the next step on their journey toward you, Lord Jesus. And it may be a radical change. It may be, God, that we, we just don't know what all that's going to involve. But God, if, if you're leading it, the one word we will lean on is trust. We will trust in you with all of our heart. And we will not lean on our own understanding. We won't try to make sense of it all. Because God, if you're leading us, we will follow you. And you've already prepared a place for us. God, your ways are way better. Your thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. We're not even in the same universe as far as our thoughts and your thoughts, God. God, how haughty of us How arrogant of us to think that our ways are better than your ways. Wondering why our lives seem to still struggle because we're still doing it our way. Maybe it's time that we surrender and we follow you, Jesus. We follow the cloud. We follow your promises. We follow your ways. And live free. So I'll challenge you with this church with head bows, heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. That you would say to God this morning, the Holy Spirit, and say, what are you saying? How are you speaking to me? Realize that no one's here by accident, God, and I'm one of those people that has heard this message And I've been doing things my own way and and following my own understanding and my own plan for my life for a long, long time. But God has revealed some things and exposed some things in my life recently. And I want you to know that He wants to heal and He wants to restore and He wants to provide clear answers and a clear path for you. And if that's you this morning... Don't leave here the same as you came in and the same bondage and the same confusion and all of that. You can settle it here and follow God and live the way He's instructed you to live, the way, the the plan that He has and camp in the place that He has for you. 
If that's you this morning and you're ready to follow God this morning, hands already up. Raise your hand this morning. I'll pray for you. I will take your name and, your, and I will put you in the, at the foot of the cross this morning. If that's you this morning and you're saying, that's me, Pastor, just slip your hand up. And I've, I've lived my life one way, but I need to follow the cloud. I need to follow God's promises and turn it all around and stop living in this slavery and guilt and bondage and live in freedom. Jesus can set you free, but He also wants you to live free. One more time, if the Spirit has led you to that this morning, just slip your hand up. Father, in Your presence this morning, You've seen those hands, the people who have had the courage to want change to want clarity. And I pray, Lord, that they have received that clarity this morning. I would pray, Lord, that that those who would step out of their own lives and their own bondage and their own slavery would come into a life of freedom. For God, You have prepared the way and made it clear to these folks this morning. And so, Father... In the authority of Jesus' name this morning. I pray, Lord, that your will be done. And that, Lord, you would put people in the paths of those who have raised their hands this morning in response to you, God. And to your word. And to your truth. And that you would make this path straight. And that you would provide light and clarity, and guidance, and wisdom from on high this morning. Lord, we all thank You in advance. If there's some here, Lord, that, that are on the fence, that aren't quite sure, that God, they don't realize, yet. Yeah, they're having this conversation with You, God, and I know that You're out there because I stood where You stand. If you're wrestling, if you're having this conversation with God, Father, I pray that you would intercede and intervene right now. And that you would give those who are on the fence with this, Lord, who are who are just sort of they know they gotta surrender, but it's gonna take a lot, and they're they're not real sure. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would convict and convince that everything will be alright if we follow you. It may be hard. It may be, there may be problems. There may be a struggle. But God, if we follow your ways, you have promised to make our path straight. Help us to not lean on our own understanding. And I thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself and making things crystal clear to those you have this morning. I thank you for every person who has made the effort to be here this morning. But I also know that we're not all here by accident. I thank you for all of those that have joined online. God, I'm excited because people are becoming free this morning. Ready to serve, ready to seek, ready to obey, ready, Lord, to surrender and live free. Father, that's encouraging and exciting. Pray, Lord, that you would direct our next steps as individuals and as a church family. I thank you, Lord, for revealing things and, and preparing the way. Now, God, I pray that you would bless those who seek your blessing this morning. God, would you be with those who need a touch from you again this morning who are dealing with sickness? Help us to remember to pray, Lord, for those We will give you all of the glory and all of your people agreed saying amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you all for coming. We'll see you all in a few days.